0: All right, guys, I have a question for both of you. This is not Corona related. It's not CrossFit related.
1: Well, then I don't want to participate. No, yep.
0: I think it's an interesting question. I get down these rabbit holes. I find one thing and I really dive deep into it. So last Thursday, a new documentary on the Beastie Boys came out. Oh, that looks What's good. What's it called? I think it's just called the Beastie Boys documentary. It's on Apple TV, which. I think I have a free membership from some, like if, depending on who your phone carrier is, whatever. But I would definitely go find it if you're listening. What's your opinions on the Beastie Boys?
1: One of the great, kind of like, what I, at least in my opinion, kind of like we talked about Jordan last week. Which, if you haven't watched the third episode of Last Dance, you should. The, and the fourth.
0: Uh, and the fourth, yeah.
1: Yeah. The fourth
2: one's out. They did. They, do they two came a week. back to back. They did two a week.
1: Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see it that one pop up i would watch it um i I think they were kind of a cult they were in that kind of culture shift where like rap kind of hit the like realist you know like i think they're fucking awesome they're great like how about rap without talking about beastie boys i agree
2: with that what about you todd well i think you can talk about rap without beastie boys but i think they're super creative to to bridge the gap between like the punk and and rap and hip-hop thing and to, to to be a group of white kids coming in and doing it it's pretty interesting just to see what they did and to hear stories of like their first tour like touring with Madonna um and the things that they did and having Rick Rubin part of that part of the team and all that kind of stuff is they they definitely changed the game and they're pre- definitely pretty impressive it's like I'm a big fan of rap music and I like some other stuff I don't love all of their stuff but I can't like them as artists is, is pretty impressive and I respect their music and I enjoy listening to it, even though they're probably not my favorite. But what they did, I think, just for the culture was was pretty impressive too. Did you watch I, I, the documentary, Todd? I haven't seen it yet, but I would.
1: I always think about like, you know, there's certain, there's certain songs that are iconic. And if you think about just like songs that come on and everybody recognizes that song, like doesn't matter what, basically generation but like brass monkey is one of those songs so that comes on like everybody knows that song you know it's like journey you know when that comes on everybody knows that
0: song guy, i'm of- at the karaoke bar and i grabbed the mic that's, that's every, right dude. every everybody comes on 35 year old woman is singing don't stop believing <laughs> <laughs> that was so, 10 years ago when they were 35 now i have 45 yeah. <laughs> but, but i think you're both nailing it like they probably have 10 to 20 songs that I think are really good. And the rest all sound very similar. But it was more, to me, what was impressive about it is like, as an adult now, I think when I was young and you, you your favorite musicians or even athletes, you think they're older. And then you realize these guys are 19. They were like, yeah, yeah, you early know, 20s, like, yep, yep. But everybody's like your parents' age when you're a kid. And then you realize, wow, these guys changed something at 19. And, you know, in the 80s, um, you know, when they were developing and the times were just so different, too. Like, I don't know that three white kids in Brooklyn can do what the Beastie Boys did now like they did in the 80s. where Because a lot of it was impacted by the fact that they're able to go to clubs at 17 or 18. Like, they're they're not scared. They're not being, you know, there's not curfews put out there. There's not... You know, all of these things that we know now, it was just a different world.
1: They could right. probably and, go outside.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, they could definitely go outside.
2: <laughs> yeah, they could go to a club because because clubs were open back then. Yeah. Uh, any any of those kids that do it nowadays are able to do it because the door that they open for them. So Yeah,
1: yeah. they're definitely trailblazers.
0: I mean, one of the things that they say in the documentary, and I've done some like YouTubing and whatnot, it's like, they were finding stuff out in a time before Google and before YouTube, like, they were saying, like, Adam Yell created that loop for uh, rhyming and stealing, which was the Led Zeppelin drum beat. And it's like, there's no library where you're like, how do you do this? Like, people just figured things out back then.
2: Yeah, just tried and experimented and just were crazy creative, right?
0: I feel like the three of us can be the Beastie Boys. <laughs> like, we have yeah. the look, the white boy look. What's your our last You definitely
1: question. do now with the short hair and no beard, yeah.
0: Favorite, if you had to pick one, though, name one Beastie Boy song that you really like.
1: Brass Monkey. That's a yeah, classic. That's, yeah.
0: yeah. Although, what
1: was uh, – man, there's one from their final album that's
0: escaping me. Uh, you Google that. I'm going to tell yeah. you one that I've really – I got to like, since watching that documentary, it's called Shore Shot. Like it's pretty popular of theirs. But when you listen to the lyrics, like Adam Miao writes this lyric about the disrespect of women. And it was like, I think what's often overlooked about the Beastie Boys is how they evolved and how their lyrics were actually, some of them are really good. Like some are stupid, like, you know, tilt your head back, let's finish the cup. That's not profound. But some of them are like really profound for again, three 20 year olds writing, you know, wraps. Oh, that's what Todd. it is.
1: Nonstop Disco Power Pack. It's uh it's off of hot sauce committee part two. Yeah, that's what it was.
0: I'll check that out. All right. So you know, we were talking a lot beforehand and we're not gonna let Fern dive into coronavirus yet again, Todd. But
1: but it I, I've, is I've been I've been doing that all day, so I'm I'm good. It's
0: it's it's looking like the reopening is happening soon. We talked a little bit about that on on last week's episode. But now let's dive specifically into the topic because we've been asked this enough times, how do we ease our members back into constantly varied functional movements at high intensity?
1: I think everybody should do, I I think you should take a real fine tooth comb and run through your programming. And I think you should look at, let's go with like, the low-hanging fruit. I think you should look at duration of workouts, whether it's time or task priority, but how long is it going to take, and everything should be on the shorter end. And I think look at total volume, like how many reps in these two workouts, and and if there, if it goes past fifteen minutes or like goes into the hundreds, I think it should be adjusted.
0: I can uh, tell by Todd's look already. Well, I, like I, I disagree
2: to some degree because based on a lot of the the at-home workouts that I've seen. People are doing hundreds of reps of air squats and push-ups and lunges and sit-ups and all the rest of that stuff. So I'm less concerned with any of that. I, you know, I think about when my members come back, what is the, what are they looking for? What's going to be available for them? Um, and what is it that they've missed probably the most? And number one, I think we talked about this previously, is like I don't think our classes are going to look the same as they did before we closed the doors, right? There's going to be probably shorter time duration. Um, Based on the number of people that can actually come to a class. So, I'm going to try to have more classes during the day. But um, most of our members have just been yearning for a barbell. So, I think getting a barbell back in people's hands, but then, you know, taking the same approach that we preach at the level one of mechanics, consistency, and intensity, it's like people probably know how to move, they know how to lift. But if they haven't touched a barbell in two, three months, we're going to have to ease them into that kind of stuff. So, it's just going to be you know finding finding movements and things that they can do and that they want to do i'm going to try to include a lot of barbell coming back into this thing but um look at the loading that they're going to do and then the volume of reps according to that specific movement not total reps uh of the workout or any of that if it's if it's like gymnastic type movement that they've potentially been doing on their own um but slowly building them back up of moving the
0: barbell and having heavy days and that kind of stuff so if you had to take a guess, both of you, I mean, I know Fern has basically been open this whole time, but just <laughs> kidding, just kidding. But let, let's, let's assume, you know, you have 100 members, whatever you have. What percentage do you think has actually been exercising regularly, any form of exercise?
1: I, th- I think it's In- lower than most of us assume.
0: I agree with that. That's why i think,
1: And I do think that there, and I agree with Todd, there are some people that are doing some high volume, and I would say that those that's in the less than 10%. So I think for those folks, I would have some accessory work dialed up or some extra stuff that they can get into. Uh, but I'm thinking about all the people who are not doing that, which is probably the majority. And I would rather uh, play it a little bit safer for them and then go with the option of dialing it up for those people who need it. And again, like, you should practice all the stuff that uh, that Todd was talking about, which is, like, you know, execute scaling. But I'm thinking of this entire scenario kind of like all three of us have been there, right? Like, you take two weeks off, and then you come back and hit a workout, and then you can't straighten your arms for two weeks. And it's not that you, you know, you can't do that. It's that you probably just shouldn't, right? Like, I shouldn't go hit 75 pull-ups, you know, having not taken – had not having not done a workout with pull-ups in two and a half weeks. Like, that's just a bad idea. Um, so that's kind of the stuff that I'm thinking about is like most people are doing body weight stuff, but I'm, I'm thinking about like my memory, very few of them have a pull-up bar yeah. that they have access to. So yeah, that's something pull- that I'm worried about, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So ease in the number of pull-ups, ease in the barbell stuff. It's not not like our first heavy day is going to be a five by five of back squats because that's debilitating when I've been training consistently and regularly anyways. So it's probably going to be, you know, uh, three by three where we're just going moderate as far as the, the, the loading goes and just get some exposure back to this kind of stuff. But I'm with you. We definitely have to be aware. It's not going to be like full bore, cut them loose with regular programming again and let them do um, any of the movements that they've not been doing for the last few months at, at, a, at a full clip. It's like ease them back in.
1: Would you – and this is – Todd, this is kind of more for you. I know, Jay, you're not going to be in the affiliate, but would you, would you be programming more heavy days but not necessarily like heavy, heavy? So thinking like um, just to keep the intensity relatively low to get everybody back into this – like typically we will at, – at Rife, we would do like one heavy day a week. Yep. But I'm, can, I'm strongly considering maybe doing two. And when I say heavy, again, heavy is relative. It's not like we're going one rep max, you know. Right. But can I, can I do something like that? Or maybe, and again, this is going to sound nuts, but like maybe do a little bit of pairing like a strength plus Metcon just to get people to dial it back, you know, as long as the Metcon isn't. And I don't, I don't mean like barbell Metcon. I mean like throwing in a quick little five-minute burpees at the end or something like that.
2: Yeah. I'm same boat where it's like, just based on the feedback I've gotten from the members that I've been keeping in touch touch with and which is, which is most of them, it's like they want to be back with a group of people working out again and they want the barbell in their hands. So, you know, four out of five days to begin with for the first probably month or two months is probably going to include a barbell and whether that's a true heavy day um, or it's just like, you know, a heavy barbell in addition to some running or whatever else it is that they're going to do. There's definitely going to be a lot more exposure than a typical week of programming would if we had just been continuing to keep the doors open, a lot more exposure to the barbell and lifting.
1: Yep. So the, I guess another way to approach this would be, what do you think some mistakes would be rather than just like, Hey, here's what we would do. Like sometimes I think it's better to talk about, like, this is what you shouldn't do.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the mistake would be like just to open the doors and cut people loose with programming as if they like picking up where you left off. Like I know that we had, you know, weeks of programming already scheduled. We had particular workouts that are benchmarks that we're trying to, you know, um, test multiple times throughout the, throughout the year. But I think it'd be foolish to open the doors and then to be cutting people loose on these benchmark workouts or, any of the programming like picking up where we left off before so it's you know people can get plenty fit um just by going hard and doing really anything right so it doesn't have to be um a ton of lifting you don't have to make up for the time lost by trying to get all your pull-ups all your muscle-ups all your snatch and all your barbell stuff in each day or each week it's like slowly but surely just start um, ramping up the the intensity and the volume of things, and and start to include the things that people hadn't had the exposure to. So I would say what not to do is just to cut it loose like like people are picking up where they left off. I also would be be a little bit weary of that additional um, accessory work, just because that's going to add a lot more potential volume to to people too, depending on what that accessory work
0: is. So you think you're going to change your programming period or will this just be a re-entry type of thing? I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, you have to look for box owners listening. You have to look at the primary causes of rhabdo eccentric movement patterns and especially ones like you're both saying that haven't been done. Pull-ups are going to be a big one. I mean, regardless of people that have equipment at home, a lot of people don't have pull-up bars if they're training in their extra bedroom, like I am box jumps, Kettlebell swings, you know, and then Double obviously wonders. just encouraging people, hey, be smart after class, maybe ease yourself back into it. So obviously you're in charge of the programming, but are, is this going to be for an extended period of time? Have you, have you thought about it like, hey, this, this pandemic has caused me to rethink the way I'm going to program
2: well, I mean, we've, we've always kind of – I mean, currently we follow CrossFit.com anyways, So it's going to be a similar approach to that. And I also think the reality is going to be that I'm going to have a, a good portion of my members that still want to train from home and aren't going to feel comfortable coming back to the gym. So we're going to try to have options that, yes, people can come in and do it here, but they can also do it at home. Um, and I don't like having completely different workouts for the different people that are, you know, members at the gym. I want to try to keep as much consistency as possible. Um, like I said, there's probably a shorter time time duration as far as classes go. So a lot of it is going to be dependent on what the reopening of things look like, how fast we're able to get back to um, having having a big number of people in the gym, how fast people feel comfortable coming back to the gym and that kind of stuff. But like I said, people can get plenty fit by taking their time, working on mechanics, working on consistency, and just going hard at whatever it is you do. It doesn't have to be the most advanced programming in the world. Um, And I think people will just be thankful to be back in here, moving with other people, touching a barbell, and just getting back close to what life was like before, to where they're going to be less concerned on what the programming truly looks like.
0: Do you think the, the companies out there, the bigger companies, the Comp Trains, the Invictus, do you think they are being impacted by this? Do you think people, A, are not able to hit that programming right now or, B, are thinking to themselves, I don't need to train like this anymore?
1: I mean, realistically, they, there's a, I think it's probably more likely they've seen an uptick because people are, are stuck at home. I mean, I don't know that. I, that's a shot in the dark, right? But, I mean, I, it, it I, makes I, sense.
2: It'd be I'd be curious, right because they are a they are a platform that's been providing this online group training for a significant amount of time, so I don't know if it's like people have more time and all they want those people all they want to do is train and so they're doing a lot more of that or if this is given people the realization that like I can get plenty fit doing something quick in my house, I don't need you know to spend three hours doing this so I don't know i'd be curious i've
1: I've had numerous members. Uh, you know essentially tell me what I've been telling them for 10 years which is you can do less of these things and do stuff like going for a 30 to 40 minute run once a week and you will get fitter like you don't need to touch a barbell five times a week like you can get fit by doing a 10 mile run one day and, I, and I've had people that were like yeah I've, I've been running more and I feel good but they were previously avoiding running because they just wanted to come in and sling a barbell. So I think for a lot of people, it's opening up their eyes. Like what you said, which is like, there is more to what fitness entails other than just, you know, metcons with a heavy barbell or doing snatch and clean and jerk. And there's a lot of value to be had, which we all know. I mean, that's what we preach at the level ones is like, there's tremendous value in doing some of those things that are not as sexy, right? Not as Instagram worthy, but, Still have a, a significant impact on your fitness, and I think some people are starting to find that out that they're not going to have this dramatic fall off of their fitness if they are basically just continue to move in whatever capacity you have the ability to do so during this time frame, you know even if it's like even if it's less frequency and lower intensity, I mean we all know how quick it is to 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 regain essentially like aerobic capacity versus strength like it's pretty quick so
2: And I think one of the cool things fortune being fortunate where I'm at in Florida is like the weather's nice. And I have seen way more people outside taking advantage of being outside, going for walks, going for runs, riding their bike, going to the beach, surfing, that kind of stuff. um, To where I think that, that people are are seeing that there's a lot more to fitness than what's inside the walls of the gym. There's a lot more outside of it. We've had our, We've done virtual 5Ks as a gym, we've done virtual rucks, we've done all kinds of stuff and I think people are enjoying being outside and taking advantage of that kind of stuff too. So I think there'll be a little bit of a shift mentally on, on what fitness is and what's it, what it truly is used for and needed for.
0: I think that's probably the biggest eye-opener for me for, for my entire life. It's been like the fitness happens in the gym right? That's, and it's,
2: that's amazing because you are so bad in the gym. <laughs> like, I'm just so
0: surprised that that's what you think of. I will smash you on the Peloton.
2: <laughs>
0: you realize I, I ride my
2: bike to, to the gym like three or four days a week. Funny. I'm quick, on the bike
0: way more than you.
1: Quick, Short little legs.
0: Quick Peloton tangent. <laughs> our mutual friend, you guys know him, MDV. Yeah. Right. Former seminar staff member Jason Kalipa is kind of right-hand man in NorCal now. He and I have been talking. He got a Peloton bike, so the 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 measurement they use is is KJs, which is like wattage. Like that's what your
1: kilojoules.
0: Kilojoules. That's what your yeah. that's what your score is at the end. So for me, my goal is to be able to get ten a minute. Never happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. My best score in a 30 minute class is like 280 my best score in a 45 minute class is 400 and that 400 it hurt for the rest of the day like I was exhausted like I thought I had mono like I was wiped out MDV gets his bike in the 30 minute class he got 415 so he got more than I could get in a 45 minute class in 30 minutes and was probably fine so it's and the point is i not that's because good, so you're not fit
1: yeah we we you're
0: not telling us anything <laughs> i don't
1: what okay. we didn't
0: know
2: already that's not surprising, this is
1: like, Jay. this is like this is like when when like after you break up with somebody Jay, and you're just like man she really sucked and everybody's like yes we've been telling you that for a long time and like you're just coming to the realization that you're not fit yet we've all known for a really long time
0: have you guys had the desire to reach out to any of your exes during this pandemic
1: no, for why would I reason? make my life more painful?
0: <laughs> I I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't.
1: No, let's I don't dig in here, Jay. Tell us, tell us why you want to do that. We
2: we know a handful of your exes. I would love to hear about these
0: <laughs> ones. I hope there's some of them that I know. <laughs> I'll reach out to the one I brought to that hotel, Todd.
2: Yeah, I mean, you had known her for three days, and <laughs> she was the one. She was yeah. the
1: one. <laughs> All All right, what do you think about dive.
2: Susie? What do you mean? Who's Susie?
1: I think she's the one. She's my wife.
2: How long have you, long have you known her?
0: Two days. She's not the one, Jay.
2: Just
1: have a feeling. So anyway, have a feeling. anyway, I don't is, know. Just right.
0: throughout this pandemic, there's just been a lot of downtime and quiet. And unlike both of you, I'm trying to read and educate myself and study things. And you know, you just think about things and reading a lot and thinking about your past and. It, it's not been in a way that I've oh like, more so gone, just
2: Gone Girl. So you're thinking about the girls that are gone. <laughs>
0: <Perfect>. <laughs> I told you I read that book. Did I tell you I read
2: that? No, I could see you're wearing a shirt that
0: says Gone Girl. <laughs> I actually I read Gone Girl, and then literally this morning I finished that woman's first book called Sharp Objects. I think it's also like a TV show. It's fucked up. It's like so. It's it's good. It's like energy, and I've. Her third one now, also. I'm I like The point is, I'm reading. You guys are not. Is the,
1: is the book Gone Girl, is that what the movie's predicated on?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah it's Okay. A, okay. Based right. on, but like anything, the book is always just so much better. But the first her first book, her name's Jillian Flynn, the author, was even more messed up than Gone Girl. and I'm, I'm saying I, a lot. I'm about to dive into the third one now, I think. Wait, it's called... so
1: why did this make you think Darkest. about your exes? That's
0: not what made me think about my exes. <laughs> <laughs> Todd said that. No, here's what truly made me think about my exes. Have right? you
1: murdered people, Jeff?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm feeling bad about it. Um, no. So here's what truly made me think about my exes. And luckily, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast. But I was doing lots of yoga during this, and a handful of my exes – was we're during a period of time where I did a lot of yoga, so some of the songs were reminding me. And again, I've not acted on any of these things, but it was more so just to be like, "Hey, look, we dated. It clearly didn't work out. I hope you're okay." It wasn't like, "Let's get together. I want to see you. I want to, you know, or anything, you know, dumb." It was just more like, "Hey, we we're all going through this pandemic. It was a it was a fleeting moment of compassion and empathy, which you guys have never." clearly experienced
1: or weakness i don't know we'll, we'll figure out which one that was
0: but so I, I you're making it sound like
2: so you've reached out to him then
0: no no i never i never did yeah i don't know the way he made that sound was That's, like he was talking
2: about the, the, yeah. the dm he sent. yeah no
0: no no i i promise hey, you i haven't
1: i miss you i mean i always think i hope you're well
0: i yeah, yeah. i mean there's okay. a i have a handful of exes that i still very much I wouldn't say very much, but like, we'll shoot a message every so often, but then I have like probably five or six that, you know, since the day we broke up, we've not spoken. So yeah, I, gotta, just, I mean,
1: everybody has those. I yeah. Think. I mean, just depends more on like, what circles you both stole. It was
0: just more in the, yeah. And we were never in the same circle. It was more just like, Hey, hope you're doing okay. Apologize. Like, sorry. But you know, here's actually what it came. <laughs> wait, down. wait, 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 wait. What
1: are you apologizing to... for?
0: No, I'm not apologizing
2: hey, for anything. Being Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kid, an asshole.
1: I'm sorry, <laughs> you. I'm sorry, I broke up with you. Sorry, I broke up with you.
0: <laughs> Todd, Todd knows too much about my exes. Yeah. <laughs> Todd was, you know, for like the last five years when I lived in Florida. Todd, Todd has seen and heard of all the exes. But no, here's here's what it became. I was like. And again, this is me studying and learning about myself. Very, you know, foreign. Besides, to
2: guys. Gone Girl, what have you studied and learned? That's what I'm curious about because you're making it sound like you're you're really getting deep, and all you're doing is
0: reading like Tom Clancy no- novels or something like that. No. I don't like Tom. I did watch The Hunt for Red October, and I didn't like it. Um, no, a, a lot of stoicism stuff. You don't so- think
1: Sean Connery makes a good Russian?
0: You know, I had never Roz and I had never seen it You know, we're going through movies Trying to find one And I was like, "Ah, this wasn't great But anyway Stoicism, the Daily Stoic And I'm journaling on it I have the journal as well So I journal But just that type of stuff But anyway, point was Going back to Stoicism I didn't want me reaching out to them To be about me And I felt like that's what it was Oh Good call now you guys don't have anything to Google. Good call because it
2: was about yeah, you. Yeah, because
1: it was about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. enlightened. I'm enlightened and you guys aren't. That's what it comes down to.
1: You're light of, I don't I'm, if you're enlightened, at, but...
0: exactly at that time Fern's light went out. See? Yeah. <laughs> you Her, put other people's per- lights out to make yours burn brighter, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> remember? We were at the, I don't know if you remember that moment, Todd. We were at the CrossFit games and you made fun of me. And I said something like, You're making fun of me to make you feel better. And you were like, That was good, Jay remember that moment <laughs> no, maybe that one time yeah. i've given you credit exactly so anyway all right let's
2: get, so let's get back yeah, well, on we've, the topic
0: we've wasted enough time here valuable Mostly time of our listeners Roz just walked back into the apartment yeah don't talk home about home your girlfriend anymore yeah, yeah so so no pull-ups yeah, no <laughs> pull <ups. laughs> you, you know and we spoke about this on the past one but what do you think do you think the members want that do you think the members want to go like gung-ho right back at it or do you think they're smart enough to be like okay guys I- i've been chill i need to ease back into this myself
1: well i think even so a i think they want their gung-ho but like even if they were chill we all know what happens when you put people in a group right like all of a sudden you start competing and you're just like so fired up to be there that you in a lot of instances like unknowingly make a bad decision you know uh, so that's where I think the coaches, uh, like, there's two scenarios there. A, I have to dial something up that won't allow that, but let's just say I'm not going to do that. Then you really have to be very aware of what's happening in the classes. You know, these people that can normally get through something and you see them struggling, like, you should probably make a change immediately. Just be like, hey, just, let's just get out of here, but, like, so that we can train tomorrow. And, you know, Sean pastuch brought this up. Like, that was his big – beef with this is people are they going to come back and we're going to see increased injuries not because CrossFit's dangerous but because people have gone from doing nothing a lot of them to trying to go back and jump into this full bore and we know how that happens and we know what happens when you do that like it's not good
0: and I think that's really where the whiteboard brief is going to be huge right hey be honest with yourself for the last six weeks did you you know get high and watch the office a la Jason Ackerman or were you you know, training every day in, in, in your extra bedroom or garage and, and, and train accordingly. Like, now is our time to be smart, make some changes, train, train smarter, not harder, and make sure that we, you know, stay healthy. The last thing you want to do is come back in, destroy yourself, and be out another week.
1: Would you yeah. consider doing things like not for time, like specifically making a workout like that? Be like, hey, listen, guys, you're just going to get through it, and here's the allotted time.
0: I think the first week, that's not a bad idea. I mean, you've talked about it on a, you know, no Rx week. It wouldn't be a bad idea to eat. You know, I would would have to find that balance. I'll let Todd answer this, but you don't want to piss off the members either, right? And they might be like, dude, I've been locked up. Like, I want to get at it. So, you you know, and once you start that clock, we all know everybody's looking at
2: it. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the, like, it kind of goes back. We've talked about this and, you know, previous episodes, but it's the culture that you've created. Like I, you know, if you've created enough trust with your athletes, number one, they're going to buy into and believe whatever you're providing for them is the right thing. And they're going to listen to you there. And then number two, like you mentioned the whiteboard brief when talking about the workout. Well, it's not up to my athletes to decide what their scaling option is based on my whiteboard brief. It's my job as the coach to watch them go through the warm up, to check in with them you know, before class or during class to be like, Hey, what have you done? I haven't seen your name on our leaderboard on our virtual workouts. Have you been there? And when they say, I haven't been doing anything cool, we're going to cut this in half today. It's like, it's my job as a coach and my other coaches jobs to scale each of our athletes independently, not leave it up to them to decide. And so whether it's for time or not for time, or well, if I've scaled them appropriately um, it's going to be, it's not going to matter in my opinion. And, and number two is like when I'm going through that process, if I'm ever unsure whether my scaling is appropriate or not, I always try to err on the side of it being too easy. I would love somebody to finish the class and be like, man, you know what? You made me do, you know, sets of six on the pull-up. I think I could have done eight. Sweet. Next week when we're doing pull-ups, we'll let you do eight. No big deal. I can always give you more tomorrow um, as opposed to have to take something away that I gave you too much of. So I think – I'm you- just
1: – Yeah. Good.
2: You, you've done a good job of, of, of building that goodwill and trust with your clients. I think you they're going to trust you and they're going to understand that you've got their best intentions at heart. And they're also, I think, people are going to be less eager to cut loose and just more eager to be, be here and be a part of it. You know, I don't think really going to give a shit about exactly how it goes down or what their scores are I think they've realized that that's less relevant than we made it beforehand so now it's hey let's get in here let's move a little bit let's have fun being with other people um, and we'll work our way back yeah up I think to where I we think you're before. gonna
1: have way more leeway with regard to the programming than you normally would like if the programming's like not super sexy and intimidating because people are just gonna be so damn happy to exactly. be there that you should just take advantage of that. And you know, I'm thinking about myself. Like I'm in the, I'm in the gym every day. We're in here like doing calls with clients, shooting video, do, like just doing admin work and stuff like that. I think I've done pull-ups once in the past month. So it, and truth be told, like pull-ups are kind of my jam, but if I was to get into a workout that had 50 pull-ups in it, like I'm going to pay for that for about a week. Which band did you not,
0: use during that workout? That the purple. Pull-ups?
1: Yeah. That's the one that you have and have been <laughs> using since day one. Yeah. The, Super thick one. Yeah. All right, la-
0: last question, we could wrap it up. Someone come, you have members in your gym, you open back up. Two members. Let me ask Todd first cuz I know Fern's answer. Do Two you? members. Yeah, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to say.
1: Uh, you might be Two wrong. Two members
0: finish up the workout. High five. How do you react?
2: It's all going to depend on what the st- what the stipulations are coming into this thing and at the end of the day is like People walking in here are going to have the awareness and they're going to know what's going on. I I mean, if two people high five each other and that obviously indicates that they are both making an effort to make that thing happen, not a big deal. If somebody goes up and jokingly tries to hug people because he doesn't think it's a big deal where everybody else takes, thinks it's a big deal. Well then that's an issue and we're going to have to address that. The guy that comes in that thinks he's funny by coughing on everybody and everything that's not funny, that guy's an asshole we're gonna address that and get him out of here but if two people decide to give each other a high five who cares like you know we're gonna have protocols in place to wipe everything down and clean everything up and i'm not concerned with that
0: have you i know fern's answer is basically the same so we can we can skip over that one it's not it's not the same no what's there will be
1: no high fives
0: all good, <laughs> all good games. All
1: good games. All yeah. good games. Because it's not trend it's not transmitted from hand to butt. So it's, it's all not, good games. Not, there's yeah. no
0: anal trans But <laughs> I mean, obviously I don't think either of you are encouraging I fives. It was more like I agree with Todd, like two people take it among it's like consensual sex. You guys wanna go do that? Cool. But you can't just go having sex with strangers that don't want to. Same I'm thing. Also, with I'm also, I'm also, never, I'm <laughs> also not never, I'm also
1: not never going to give a high five. Like if somebody wants to give me a high five, like they're going to get a high five. Like, so I've right, had to the, shake hands with reopen, other people
0: on the day. you I mean, reopen. If someone wants to high five you, you're going to do it. I'm
1: not going to pull my hand back. I'll probably give them a high five and then go wash my hands. Like, it, it's just, it's weird. Right. It's Just like, Hey, listen, or just throw your elbow out there. But you know, the reality, the, the likelihood of me getting it since I probably already had it in January is pretty low. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, it's <laughs> like,
0: it's like <laughs> for, for I matter I, of fact, I think salty. I'm, good.
2: I'm fine. I can never get it again. I've already had it twice. Let's open the gym. I'm going to be fine.
0: We're straight. I've had it too. Fern. I hear you. Um, so, oh, like, so in that
1: case, if I went to give you a high five, what would you do? I mean, I already know what you would do, but what would you do?
0: Would oh, you, you, would just
1: turn, you would just turn your back as I whiffed into the air if I were a high five.
0: It depends who the person you is. You would it have to get down on my like knees is. to give him a high five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> have to
1: it would, for, high it high. would be a low five like I do with my one-year-old. <laughs> it it's,
0: depends it, you know, on if you either.
2: had any boxes left in your gym so he could climb up on it and, and give you a high five.
0: I I agree. Like, Eventually, we'll be high-fiving again. I'm a... I've been waiting for the day we can all just fist bump anyway. I don't like shaking hands. I don't like high-fiving. I've worked with Todd every, every time the seminar ends and we shake 50 hands. We kind of like your hands like just sitting out there. You don't want to touch anything until you go and wash it. It's going to just be more of that. If anything, what this has told me is, hey, if I was, I've been pretty healthy with minimal cleanliness, I can be really healthy if I wash my hands every so often. And that's all I'm going to start doing. Maybe the deodorant that you're saving by not putting in your
2: armpits, you can just wipe it on your hands. Yeah, put you're it on your head.
1: Yeah, yeah. There'll be a, a protective layer there that you can then just get <laughs> all set. But yeah, I, mean, I will. It, that it brings
2: will be up a good. I do think I'm curious to see what what changes culturally around like are, are like handshakes no longer a thing. Like what what changes?
0: Nothing.
1: That'll be it'll, it'll people will be freaked out for a couple months, and then in 18 months, everybody will be like remember that time when we shut down the world that was dumb
0: i'm going but i I will not shake hands ever again (laughs) i'm being serious like i don't think there's going to become a time where
1: well you're a hypochondriac so
0: no it's not i mean i've shaken who doesn't use deodorant
1: it's kind of an iron it's kind of an oxymoron but
0: I've, i've shaken hands my entire life i just think we've learned hey this is an easy way to transmit anything i don't particularly it's like doing something you don't like that has high risk like What's the point? I'll fist bump you, and I think that's going to become the norm. I really do.
1: What? So that's better, fist bump?
0: It is better than, than shaking hands. Yes. Based on what? Well, just simple fact that you know, when you shake hands, <laughs> I can, when Tell you shake the hands, day. yeah, yeah. The up down. Yeah. When you're upside down, <laughs> you give them the shake like this. Yeah, yeah. No, you your rub, palm. Your palm I of your this. hand is what you touch your face with, and that's where they're showing how things spread.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know where the palm of my hand is. What I'm saying is that if it touches your hand, some other part of your body is going to touch that part of your hand, and then it's like – it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. It
0: it is unavoidable, but it's like anything else. You can mitigate the risk. So you you work a seminar. Let's wrap this up. But next time you guys work a seminar, let's hope it's in in May, you're going to shake 50 participants' hands like you used to, Todd? Dude,
2: you remember how often I wash my hands at those things? I wash my hands every two seconds.
0: Like, right. I can
2: shake 50 people's hands, walk to the
0: bathroom, and wash my hands just like I did before. Yeah, Fern's using hand sanitizer. But, all right. Well, when you get COVID-19 for the second time, Fern, don't be coming to give me a <laughs> high five.
1: <laughs> uh, like I said, good game. I'll give you the good, good game. And good, then just good keep good your hands game, off guys. your butt.
0: Yep. I think you know. we should try to get the good game to take over. Just walking up. Good game. It's the way to go. All right. Well, hopefully we've helped prevent some cases of rhabdo. If that's all we've done, that's great. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna message some X Flames and get about my <laughs> and get about my day.
2: And apologize. You can apologize. <laughs> apologize. <to>
0: them. <laughs> yeah, they uh, would all be I would be apologizing to all of them. That's a dick. Yeah. But anyway. So. But anyway, good chat. I'll let you guys get about your day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.